A legendary name in hardcore supplementation. Iron Mag Labs. 100% original, patent-pending Andro Compound. The most effective, hardcore, groundbreaking, bodybuilding supplements in the world. In the world. Iron Mag Labs. Revolutionizing hardcore supplementation for more than a decade. Visit IronMagLabs.com. IronMagLabs.com. Bodybuilding. I'm your host, Jeff Roberts, and I'm here as always with my co-host in Pennsylvania, Matt White. What's up, Matt? Yes, sir. Getting ready for some snow. Finally. It's not uh, gonna be that much though. I mean, nowhere close to what you guys have been getting. I mean, we're probably only gonna get maybe one to three inches, maybe four at the most, and then uh ice, which is the worst of it, I think. Yeah. I would say I would say uh, I would agree with that, but uh, we we actually have the last two days have been very very snowy for us. Uh, like yesterday was pretty much from morning until maybe maybe 10 p.m. 9 p.m. something like that. It was virtually a whiteout all day. Uh, it didn't necessarily snow that much. But the snow, it was, you know, it was like uh, one of those deals where the snowflakes were tiny, so they were all spread out and the wind's blowing around, so it's a fucking whiteout. Um, like at the at the store, our sales plan was like because obviously it's it was December fifteenth at a toy store. That's um, obviously the the sales plan is high, but it was something in the in the realm of eighty thousand or something like that, and we we went we hit like thirty five. Because Oof. this is basically on a day that should have been very busy, there was nobody there because it was just insane. I mean, my my uh, eight minute drive became a twenty five minute drive, and and uh, you know how that goes. But uh, luckily, it's it's really not that bad here. To be honest with you, I'm, this is probably one of two or three snow, uh, snowstorms I'll have to endure in the entire winter. So it's you know, not too bad. We very uh, frequently start off the show talking about weather. It's kind of strange. <laughs> but um, the uh, the sun is pouring into my office right now, and uh, it looks like a nice winter day today, so that's good. Nice. Uh, so, speaking of nice days, <laughs> Dave Palumbo interviewed the uh, slapper, the Greek slapper, as he's known. Um, I don't even how, I don't know how to say his name. I guess it's like, I mean, I would pronounce it... Giannis Mag Magkos, G I A N N I S, and then M A G K O S. Giannis Magkos. I'm sure I'm, I'm I'm sure I'm saying it wrong, but uh, I think it's pronounced no longer able to compete. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this this interview is interesting. I don't know if it was uh 
wasn't really how I expected it to go down. Uh, but I don't know if it's a if it's a product of the interview being too close to the event. In other words, I'm not sure if this guy is just kind of off his rocker or if he's still in a, a state of, I don't know, I, I, I feel like maybe maybe he's still, it's still a little too raw to have he's done an ledge. interview because the way he interviewed was just totally anti-IFBB. Um, no remorse at all, would, would not apologize, didn't think apologizing was right, thought that everyone got what they deserved, um, so on and so forth. Uh, and, and it's, uh, it was kind of a weird interview. At first he said he doesn't remember losing his temper and, and slapping the guy. And then later in the interview, he goes on to explain why he slapped him and exactly what the guy was doing. Uh, why he walked up to him and all. it's like so I don't, I don't know it was a strange interview um I think I would assume that somebody who is significant in the IFBB watched this interview just to see like yeah maybe we'll give him we'll give him a second chance you know who knows a lot of people are saying give him a second chance we'll check this out uh, I, I can say pretty confidently after watching this video, this interview, that's not going to happen. This guy was completely just didn't give a shit. He thought he and he also said, even if they did let him come back, which I think this is a lie. Everyone says this and they're fucking out of their mind. Everyone who's disgruntled with the IFB or any organization says, even if they let me come back, I wouldn't come back. I would never compete for them again. Like, yes, you would. Don't fucking act like you wouldn't compete for them again. You're telling me if if you were the best you've ever been, you 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 improved five percent and you could win like you could you could vie for the national championship and they said, Oh, you come on in, you can you wouldn't do it. Like, fuck off. Yes you would. But um Yeah, it was very strange how this guy was just didn't didn't care. He wasn't remorseful, he wasn't apologetic. He thought that what he did was just and uh they deserved it. I don't feel bad for him then. I mean, you know what? If if your life revolves around bodybuilding and it's something that you've always wanted to do and you're, you know, out there trying to get your pro card and you act like an idiot and you put in all the time and effort and years and of grinding and dieting and, you know, long nights in the gym and doing cardio and all that stuff and you smack somebody and you know that you are now done in terms of the NPC IFBB and you have an opportunity to talk to Dave Palumbo, who everybody knows is, you know, one of the, the the main guys in terms of bodybuilding media out there today. And you have an opportunity to go on his show and tell everybody your side of the story and show some type of remorse and be apologetic. And you don't. I don't feel bad for you. Enjoy your lifetime ban. You're an idiot. Yeah, so he said uh, – he said – the the reason he got so upset was not really far from anything that would happen in any other show. Um, he said on Friday, they judged the show. The guy doesn't speak very good English, so it wasn't the greatest interview. But he said Dave Plumbo kept having to recap what he said. On Friday, they judged the show, and this guy won. 
um, his class, the supers, and the overall. Apparently, he was a super, and the guy who beat him was just a regular heavy. Um, and I think the guy who beat him was better, by the way. I just think he had a... I mean, I don't think their structures were even comparable. Uh, this guy was maybe a little bigger, but not really. Just taller. And uh, little... He was, he was in unbelievable conditioning. But he had like a weird front double, kind of a wide waist at the bottom. He kind of had like a Ruly Winkler middle uh, midsection, uh, where the other kid looked like a young, like a young Lee Priest or something, just built way better. I mean, on a, on a whole lower level than that, but just very, very pleasing structure and everything. Looks like he could put on 15 pounds and be better. This guy who slapped the judge, if he put on 15 pounds, it'd be a disaster. He would never even place in top five at a pro show. No chance. But, um... So he said that the, the show was judged on a Friday, and he won the the he won the, the the supers and the overall on Friday. Now I don't know how it works. I don't I don't know what that means that he won. Like I don't. He it sounded like he was awarded the victory, or maybe he was able to see the. What probably happened? He was able to see the scorecards or something along those lines, and uh, he was winning. After not only was he winning the supers but he won the he beat everybody on friday and then he says on saturday they didn't judge them they just came out and uh like did a pose down or whatever that there was no real comparisons and then they gave the other guy the win now i mean we've seen this before where like when dexter what was the show where uh I believe it was when Dexter placed third at the Olympia as the reigning champ. I think coming out of prejudging, maybe it wasn't that show. There was a show where there, there have been many shows where after prejudging, you think based on the score, there's no way so-and-so can't place at least first or second and they end up third or whatever. You know, It doesn't seem mathematically possible for this individual, whatever, and it happens to them. So, I mean, dude, Dexter Jackson was the reigning Olympia champ, and he got beat by, not only did he not win the Olympia the next year, he got beat by Branch Warren, who, you know, you know in Dexter's mind, Branch Warren was like, come on, there's just no, there's no, I mean, there's no way that Dexter ever thought in a million years he'd be beat by Branch Warren. Just not the same caliber, uh, not the same caliber athlete, you know. It's just a whole different style of work, work ethic, and everything else, and drive, and insanity that goes on in Branch Warren's head that doesn't go on in Dexter's, I believe. But and Dexter didn't have a fucking meltdown, you know what I mean? He didn't even. Not only did he not slap anyone, he didn't even voice his opinion on social media. He he fucking. I think he told Tony Freeman backstage because Tony told me this. That he said that he wasn't, he, he was done with the Olympia or something like that. And Tony's like, man, you can't be done with the Olympia, you this and that. You know, so I, I just think, I mean, Dexter or um, Victor in 07, there, there's been horrible calls. When when uh, Cedric McMillan placed sixth at the Arnold and Ben Pakulski placed second, it, it was like that was one of the worst calls I've ever seen in bodybuilding history. Johnny Jackson and uh, Hide beat fucking Cedric McMillan, and it was one of the best Cedric McMillans we've ever seen, um, I think it was 2013, Cedric didn't freak out and go, you know what I mean, like, it just, it just wasn't, 
Even Eric Bowie, who freaked out and got banned, at least he did it on social media. He didn't put his hands on anybody. Right. It's just, it's just kind of like, it's like, dude, there's probably a reason that you're the only disgruntled bodybuilder in fucking ever that's hit a judge. Like, you're the only one that's done that. Like, I, I just think bodybuilding's going on since the fucking 60s. Probably if slapping a judge was a, was an okay thing to do, or that it, not even that it's okay, if, if slapping a judge was even a reasonable reaction, it probably would have happened at least once before you, and it, and it hasn't. I mean, I don't know, you, you got second place, you could have been, this guy could have taken it in stride, he could be, you can be upset all you want, but... He could have composed himself, been a professional, came back next year or the next show, whoever it goes on, and he probably would have won the following show. He could have competed in the show three months later, maybe improved somehow. He looked overcarbed to me. He looked his physique to me looked like he came down a ton, got so fucking shredded it was unbelievable, but in that process got flat. And had to carb too much. Because he had this lower ab issue. It was almost like a, a little bit of the Justin Compton um, issue. Where the, the, the lower abs are just... Even though he's ripped crazy and from the back it's like he doesn't even have skin. Something going on with the lower abdomen. Just not 100% there, you know? So... I think he could improve on that and come back to any show and just fucking win his pro card. But instead, he freaks out and slaps the judge and fucking now he's done for life. And he's going to go compete somewhere else and whatever, you know. No one's ever going to know about him again. So And and you know what? That's that's the only saving grace that this guy has is nobody really knows who he is anyways. Now, if if Dexter or Phil or, you know, even Tony Freeman at over at NSL – if any of those guys were to slap somebody, everybody would know. You know, when when you are a nobody, you can get away with being stupid, but only for so long. Um, you know, there will be people who will know who he is. You know, when they when they recognize the name, but I mean, that might be the only thing that's going to save him going over to another organization. Is they probably don't know who he is unless they go ahead and, and you know do their own background on him. Right. I mean, we talked about this a little bit off the air. And I think bodybuilding is a is a I guess they're all kind of like this, but every sport has guys who work really really hard, but they are not gifted enough to be part of the league. Um or part of its top echelon or whatever you want to say. But the difference is in bodybuilding, it's I know I hate the word subjective, but it's judged on appearance. It's not judged on how many baskets you score, how many touchdowns you score, how fast you cross the finish line. I mean, we've all known like we've all known people who, or have been people. It doesn't even matter who have either lost to people who are lazy or beat people who work way harder than them. You know. I used to beat people and I used to beat guys in deadlifting who worked way harder than me because I was more gifted at deadlifting than them. They would talk about, oh, this and that and this, they, all these programs and this and do this and not do this. And I'm just like, yeah, I just, uh, 
I just deadlifted and came in and fucking did it. I didn't worry about anything. And I'd smoke them, you know, because I was better at deadlifting than them by nature. And I think in bodybuilding, what happens is these guys like um, whatever this guy's name is, they, they, they get to this point where they work. They don't have great structures. They don't have the best taper and all this stuff, but they work so hard and they build this all this muscle. They get so ripped and they think because they put in so much work and they got so lean that they should win. And just because this guy who plays second may have only put in 50 or 60% of the work that the slapper did, you know, and so this, the slapper thinks that he, he should win because he works so hard and in a way that it makes a little bit of sense, but that's just not how, that's not how, that's not how it happens. Um, Anyone who think like, it's just like uh, Branch Warren and Phil Heath. I don't think anyone would, would argue that Phil Heath works harder than Branch Warren on his physique. Um, but Phil beats Branch every time because he's a better, he's better at bodybuilding. It's just the way it goes. And I think we have a lot of guys in bodybuilding who have poor structures, just not genetically gifted, but they're absolute workhorses. And the amount of work that goes into it taints like it, it just like taints their whole outlook on the whole thing and they think how could i not win i worked so hard i worked harder than this guy i got the leanest i've ever been i should beat everybody but that's just not how unfortunately hard work is not the only um hard work is not the only aspect required to to be a top bodybuilder you know and i think these guys are are uh Sometimes they they get very disgruntled with other people's ability to work to be much lazier than them and still defeat them, you know. Yeah, I mean it. Uh, overall, it's it's just the way the sport is, and it's always been that way. So it's not like you're going into something thinking it's X and it ends up being Y. I mean it's it's like you said before, you know, we hate to say that it's a subjective sport, but you know, it, it is there, there are no scores that, I mean, other than the scorecards, but it's not like they themselves are the ones scoring points. It's all based on the other people and, and how the judges view you and your physique up against the guy, you know, on either side of you and so on and so forth down the line. So, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't understand why people get so angry about their placings when you're going into a show knowing that it can go any way. It's out of your hands. The only thing that you can do is go into the show knowing that you gave it your best, and if that's good enough for you to win your pro card or or place first, great. If it doesn't, okay. But maybe you still brought your best package. There's nothing else that you can do. I mean, it, it just blows my mind how upset this guy got when he's – competing in a sport that he knows can go either way at you know any given time any day of the week and, and that's just the way it is I, I just i don't i don't understand and to go off and slap somebody and then show no remorse you know not be you know apologetic at all eh, good good riddance that's one less idiot in the sport yep i agree with you i agree 100 percent uh well speaking of being slapped in the face um, more and more, I guess you'd call them rumors are circulating about, uh, 
the employees of muscular development not being paid. And it pretty much runs the gamut of all employees. Now, <coughs> RX, excuse me, RX has uh, reported on this for some time now uh, for good reason. It's kind of like there's a feud there, obviously. The RX guys came from a um, ugly firing uh, from AMD. Yeah. But uh, it's not only, I guess, in, in my experience, it's not only from RX. I've heard it from people who actually work there um, personally that they haven't been paid and other people haven't been paid and so on and so forth. So um, I, I believe this completely. I think that it's, it's truth and that it's, that it's actually happening. So um, it's kind of insane. Uh, People, people, people will laugh at it and, and say what they will, but, when it comes down to it, what what's really going on here is essentially some of the biggest names in all of bodybuilding are not getting paid for their services. And it kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know if it's, if it's, I don't think it's, in other words, I don't think it's a muscular development issue. I think it's a bodybuilding issue. I just think the amount of money there is to be made strictly from bodybuilding media is a tiny, tiny fraction of what it used to be. I mean, I mean, Aaron Singerman at fucking RX Muscle used to make over a hundred grand a year working for RX Muscle as the number two. Wow. Well, well over a thousand, a hundred thousand dollars a year, um, b- because he brought in advertisers and he did this, he did that, he got paid for this and everything. And not only was he making a, over a hundred k a year, he was fucking traveling the world and living this awesome life in bodybuilding. You know, nowadays who does that? Who? That's, I don't think there's one person in the industry who makes a hundred thousand dollars a year just off of media. I don't think there's one person. I don't think Steve Blackman's making that off of media. He might have that type of money, but he's probably not making that. Maybe and, Palumbo. Uh, Palumbo might be the only person. I don't think so. I don't think Dave Palumbo's making 100000 off RX Muscle. Maybe. Maybe. It's definitely possible, but it's just... I think he would be the closest out of everybody, though. Yeah, probably. Probably. It's just changed so much, and when people like Bob Chicarillo... Um, I'm not saying any of these people aren't getting paid for sure, but that's the, that's the word on the street. Bob, George Farah, Ron Harris, Charles Glass, fucking, uh, who else? Um, David Bay. These people are like our top media personalities in bodybuilding, not getting paid. And I don't think they're ever going to get paid. Unless they fucking sue the guy or something, you know. I don't think any. I don't think they're gonna get paid. What? Where's the money gonna come from? It's not gonna. You don't get just not get paid for six months or whatever, and then, and then you know, and, and then that's all the, of a sudden. That's the part I don't understand, though. You have all of these guys who have money, so it's not like they're you know rubbing pennies together, you know, trying to make things work. I mean, they they have the money. They they have the legal backing that if they wanted to go after Steve, they can. So I, I don't I don't understand why 
nobody has. So you mean to tell me all of these guys haven't gotten paid? And I mean, we're not talking about you know one thousand, two thousand, five thousand, eight thousand. You know, we're we're talking tens of thousands of dollars here. So why has nobody legally gone after this guy? I I, I just don't under I don't understand. All of these guys know each other and have worked with each other and know that all of them have not gotten paid. You mean to tell me that they can't collectively hire one lawyer, one attorney, go after Steve and say, pay me my money? I, I don't understand. I don't know. It's, it's, you it's know what? A... I think what would happen is Steve would file for bankruptcy, and then they would get nothing. That's an interesting question because I don't think that any I – don't, I don't know that uh, – I mean they may have brought it up, but I don't think any other people have really – discussed the idea of um legal action you know uh i think people say why are they still there and it's like well they're still there because where are they gonna go right you know fucking you know iron mag's not gonna hire all those guys and pay them all the money's not there it doesn't make sense even if the money was there it doesn't make sense it's not like dave david bay and george farah and um ron harris and all these guys can go Work for RX for what, what, what money, you know, like I, uh, I was talking about Dave. I was talking to Dave Palumbo before I came to Iron Mag about working there. And, um, we were talking about it and he was, he was, he was, he was, uh, excited about the idea and everything, but it was like, but we don't really have enough money. Like there's no money. So he's like, yeah, you can come over, but we're going to have to find a way to get you paid. And it's like, meh. You know, basically, I have to find my own money. Right. So, there's nowhere for them to go. Like, legal legal action is one thing, but finding somewhere else to bring their tents. Like, somebody said, I think it was, uh, I think it was Chris Azito said, it's not like you're working, you know, I don't know what he said. I'll paraphrase my own way. These guys, it's not like they're working at fucking IBM and they can go to Apple. Or it's not like they're working at, uh, they're not like they're working at Pep Boys and they can go to Advanced Auto Parts, or they're not working at McDonald's and they can go to Burger King. It's not like that. They're working at MD and they can't go anywhere. You know, there's no other place for them to go strictly with bodybuilding media. Um, they all, have, but like you said, they all have other stuff going on. It's not like David Bay exclusively makes money from bodybuilding media. It's not like Bob certainly doesn't make his money exclusively from media. Uh, Ron Harris might though, but Ron, where's Ron Harris going to go? Ron Harris works. He writes fucking every article in a print magazine. That's how he makes money. Where's he going to go? There's no other place to go. He's not going to go to muscle mag. He's not going to go to flex magazine there. They don't even exist anymore. Basically muscle mag literally doesn't exist. I don't think. And flex magazine, what are they going to pay him? You know, they're getting rid of people. That's the biggest thing. I mean, the industry today in terms of print media is dead. I mean, I've I've been on board with so many different magazines globally, you know, not just here in the states, but you know, overseas as well, that I was in every single month for multiple years and then everything dried up and then they all disappeared. Um it's the same thing that's happening here in the US. I don't, you know, how how can I say this without uh People totally getting angry. Uh, you know, people don't really like Steve Blackman, and 
that's that's their own issues and and the way that they think about it. Me, I I don't have the relationship with him, so I'm not going to say he's a good person or a bad person. But from a business standpoint, I don't I don't see him being the type of person where he's like, I'm keeping this money for myself. You guys can go fuck yourself. You can keep working if you want, but I'm still not going to pay you. I don't think it's it's that type of relationship at this point. I don't think Steve is trying to screw them. While I don't agree with what he did with Romano and Palumbo and you know a whole bunch of other guys, you know, being let go because frankly they they helped build you know that side of of the media and and get Steve to where he is today. But if you look at any fitness magazine that's out there these days, I mean. It's, 75 to 80 percent of it is nothing but ads because it's the only way that they can make money and and the cost involved to to put such a uh, you know print media source out is so expensive that it's the only way that they can keep you know the doors open and the lights on so it's it's a changing time everyone's going you know way of the internet whether it's you know online magazines or online subscriptions or websites that provide content like Iron Mag. Um, and that's, that's the way the industry is going these days because it's, it's cheaper and you can still get advertisers for the site or the blog or, uh, you know, the, the online magazine, whatever the case may be. But, you know, when, when you're putting out content in a magazine and it's maybe 20 pages worth out of a hundred, nobody's going to buy the fucking magazine anymore. Nobody cares about the, the advertisements. We see the advertisements every day of our life online. You know, on social media, on the websites that we go to, to to read content, it's it's a different time, and I I don't know why Steve is still trying to, uh, you know, chase that carrot. There's there's nothing there's nothing left. Uh, you know, the times have changed. I I don't understand why he's trying to to stay on this path. I mean, maybe he thinks that print media is going to come back, and he's going to say, ha 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 ha, I stayed in, and now I'm the biggest. But I don't I think that's an uphill battle that. He's never going to reach the top of. Um, I don't think print media is ever coming back. I, I think that's that's a a pipe dream at best. <laughs> but um, I will say there's something there's something about print magazines that the internet has not has not accomplished yet. Uh, I don't know. There's something about, I guess I could put it this. I don't know. I guess I could put it this way. There's when I got a new magazine in the mail, there was something about that. That was greater or more exciting than, but I guess it's not, it's not comparable because the stuff online, you get that stuff every day pretty much or every week. Right. So you can't really compare it to a magazine you get every 30, 35 days, you know. It's a tangible asset that you're getting. You know, it's it's like anything else. If you go out and buy a new shirt, it's something that you can hold in your hands and enjoy. Uh, you know, internet, it's like you said, you can go anywhere. You can search the internet and get content from anywhere. But, you know, when you get that one magazine, you almost look forward to it because it's something that's going to come out once a month. It's going to come in your mailbox. You know, you get to open it. You get to flip through the pages and jump around and, and stuff like that. Uh, it, I, too, can't fully describe what 
what the print media side of things has done, you know, for me personally, when I would get a magazine. But I agree with what you're saying that, you know, there was something about getting a magazine and reading the magazine that's different than if that magazine was in its entirety online where you would have to, you know, sit in front of your laptop or computer or on your tablet or whatever and kind of flick through the the pages on on the tablet screen or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know uh I don't know what to make of it. It's kind of strange. I know Dave and John always talk about what would have happened if they never uh they were never left go from let go from MD and uh I do believe that uh it's possible that bodybuilding media could be at a whole different level right now had had Steve Blackman kept Dave and John and allowed them to not necessarily take the reins, but allowed them to run, run the show um, and have Steve just kind of be the financial backing and everything and have Steve, you know, because I don't think that, I think that at this point it's, it's pretty clear that Steve really has been incapable of, of um, how do I say this? He's been he's been kind of incapable of, of um, of of keeping up with the times. I guess you'd say he 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 used to be good at what he did in regards to the um, in regards to the 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 print media and all that stuff. But now that the industry has changed so much with technology and and uh. The internet and everything going, everything going uh, cyber, I guess you'd say. I think he hasn't really been able to uh, adjust to that properly. So, whereas Dave and John have, um, J- Dave specifically. So, if I don't, I don't know if if Dave and John had Blackman's financial backing and Blackman's, um, just just Blackman's aura almost I think that we we may have seen a uh a bodybuilding media that was uh just different just more just more more of what we see now you know more extravagant and more all-encompassing and everything now I don't know. I don't really buy into what ifs because you just don't know. You don't really know how that would have happened. People say, what if so-and-so did this? What if so-and-so? You don't really know. You don't know. You know, who knows? Who knows what may have happened? Because when you assume that John and Dave stayed at MD, you also assume a million other things, you know? You assume that the relationships remain strong. You assume that Nothing else happened. You assume this, this, and that, you know. So it's kind of hard to uh, just make the assumption that, oh, yeah, it would have been this, this, and that. So, uh, but I do kind of wonder if Blackman sits there and says, says fuck, I, I shot myself in the foot. Because, you know, Blackman has taken so long to embrace the internet that his internet stuff just really isn't up to snuff. So like he has the show with David Bay and, um, and, um, 
Bob Chick that is uh, brought to you by Iron Mag Labs, I might add. <laughs> so I just think, and, and the show itself is, is it's good. Uh, the Last Rapids Call, I think it's one of the better shows out there, but it's not like, it's not groundbreaking. It's just, he's just doing what RX did, you know? Um, it's, it's gotten to a point where MD was like the thing. MD was, there was a point where MD was like the end all be all, but it was a very short time that it was like that because they had Flex Magazine. They're right there on their heels, but there was a time that 07, 08 time, maybe even 06 where MD was pretty much pretty much it you know um now you have md copying guys that used to work at, at md and do, are doing their own thing you know it's it's just it's just it's just bad it's, it's just not a good situation for for md and um i think we're seeing a, a turn of the tide and we, you and i talked about how before the show I brought it up to you that I, I was thinking about, you know, I feel like we've talked about social media kind of destroying bodybuilding media in a way because bodybuilding media, what, what, so let's, in other words, the things that bodybuilding media provided for us 10 years ago, fucking Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook now provide for us. And it's on a whole different level. Um, and it's free. And the I, the advertising comes from a whole different... Um, the advertising comes from a whole different uh, source, in a way. And you so, know what? That's, that's exactly what, what I think... Uh, like, I have a different opinion with with uh, Romano and, and Palumbo leaving or staying. I don't think anything would have changed if they were still there, though, because Steve was banking on the print media side of things. You know, he wasn't visioning the the cyber side of things. And I think Dave and John would, would, would want to run with it, but then they would have to pull in more advertising for that, and I don't think it would be there. So I think, honestly, Dave and John, they didn't, they didn't need Steve financially. You know, they, they you know, Palumbo had, you know, species, you know, obviously Romano has his own thing, uh, you know, here in the States, down in Mexico, they don't, they don't need Steve. So whereas the other guys, you know, they're, they're banking on a paycheck, you know, Dave and Dave and John didn't need that. So I think the best thing for, for the industry was Dave breaking loose and doing his own thing. I think it lit a fire under his ass, you know, and, and not to kind of do it in spite, but kind of do it in spite. And shove it in Steve's face and say, ha ha, look what I built, you idiot. I could have done this for you, and you decided that you were going to downsize and cut back. So here I am taking your business. I think it was the best move for, for Dave and John ever. I, I think bodybuilding is probably better for that for that change. And honestly, I don't see Steve in, in the industry very much longer. If, if he's not paying his people, eventually it's going to come to a time where he's going to close his door and go find something else to do or retire. I mean, I don't know how much money he has left, how much money he's you know dumping into the business trying to keep it afloat. But, I mean, I have, I guess, a difference of, of opinion in terms of what would happen if, if Dave and John were there. And, and, I mean, they would probably be doing the same thing that they're doing now, only 
not making any money. That's a good point. I think uh, you kind of uh, you kind of just expounded on my point where I said uh, I don't really you don't you can't really go by what ifs because you really don't know you don't know how that what if would have unraveled. So you can say, "Oh, look at RX and how successful it is." Oh, MD could have all of that. Nah, not really. Is kind of like saying, what if Michael Jordan and LeBron James were on the same team? This, this, and this. Well, you don't really know. You can't just say you'd have LeBron's talents and you'd have MJ's talents and it would all come together and be this unstoppable force. Maybe, but maybe Scottie Pippen complimented Michael Jordan's talents better than LeBron would compliment it. And maybe Kyrie Irvin compliments better than MJ's you know so you don't really know how that would have unraveled in in reality and I think you're right I think we don't really you know they they had their eyes on on um they they had their eyes on the digital side where Blackman was still obsessed with print media so maybe it wouldn't have it really if he if they had stayed it really wouldn't have been what we thought it would have been and right. I think you're right I think that that really it's there, there's this there's this idea that maybe with muscular with Steve Blackman's financial backing in his ties in the industry that J- John and Dave could have helped make MD this massive unstoppable bodybuilding media outlet but and it, 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 you can't really say that that's what have ha- that that's what would have happened um for sure because we don't really know we don't know if that would have happened it could have been it could have just been a delayed a situation where what's happening now was delayed another five years and that would have been the worst thing that could have happened because like you said Dave and John breaking off from MD kind of lit the fire and right. and in in a way it uh made bodybuilding media more than it would have been otherwise so correct i mean regardless you know props props to dave i mean he took an idea and a concept and and he brought it to the industry and and if you look at things today they are the guys that are going out and and doing the media you know they're sitting in the front row they're giving the play-by-play they're putting the articles and the content out there of you know the the pre-show you know post-show coverage, uh, you know they're they're tweeting and and posting during the show, talking about the the competitors, you know, getting the behind-the-scenes information. Like they're doing everything that we the fans want to see and read about, you know, whether it's bodybuilders or bodybuilding, you know, shows. They're the ones that are putting out that content. So I mean, I I give props to Dave. I mean, he took a vision that that you know obviously started at MD and it wasn't Steve's vision and you know due to an unfortunate I guess you could call it layoff Dave Dave had that fire and decided I'm I'm going to make it happen myself so I give him props I think everything that he's doing is great um the fact that that he can juggle RX plus his his species nutrition line uh, it, it's plus family life now uh it's it, I, I give him props. He's got a lot on his plate, and he's doing a fantastic job. 
So Dave, if you're listening to this, which you're probably not, uh, congrats, you, you did it. And, and, uh, you know, I'm proud of the things and, and uh, that you've accomplished and I appreciate what you do for the industry. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Um, I, I couldn't have said it any better. Yeah. That's why I allowed you to say it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, there's, there's not a lot that I can really uh, bash Dave for. Uh, the people say this, that, and the other thing about Dave, and I guess some of it's true and whatever. People, everyone has their flaws, but um, at, the, at the end of the day, I have to respect Dave just because when it comes down to it, I Dave is... And the thing, Dave, and the things that Dave has brought to the industry are some of the main things that drew me into the industry. So, well, I, I mean, I sat at G, I sat at GNC for hours upon hours reading muscular development. Don't get me wrong, and that was a big, um, back when, back in my day, you know, when, uh, when you could have, I worked at GNC from. 2008 to 2013 um a little it, it was a little bit longer than that that doesn't really paint the whole picture because you know how that works but uh from pretty much that entire time even through 2013 even in 2013 i wasn't on my phone fucking watching bodybuilding media at work you know uh it wasn't until I mean, honestly, in 2013, I wasn't I wasn't really at that point yet in my life. I, I didn't have a phone in 2013 that allowed me to – I think I still had a flip phone in 2000. It sounds crazy, but it really wasn't that crazy. It wasn't that crazy to have a flip phone in early 2013. It just right. wasn't. It seems, it seems crazy now, but it wasn't crazy in early 2013. It wasn't a crazy thing then. And uh, – I was all over. I, I read MD all the time. I read Flex Magazine, all that. But uh, I think that the whole the whole idea of this um, this um, print media and everything, you know, Dave Palumbo was he he he. I don't know. Somehow, what he did was he sucked me into it. I don't know. I couldn't tell you how I stumbled upon RX. I couldn't tell you how I stumbled upon any of that stuff. Uh, it may have been through species nutrition, maybe, I don't know. Back when I was obsessed with the supplement industry and, and really getting into that, I may have stumbled upon species and then stumbled upon RX, who knows. Um, that may have been how it happened, but uh, you can say that Dave Plumbo is, you know, he, you can, you can say that he, he, maybe he says the same things over and over again and refuses to change his mind about certain things, even though it's been proven time and time again that he's wrong. Uh, he, I mean, but even that, I don't think is true on mo on most topics. I don't think that's true. Uh, you could say, um, I'm trying to come, <laughs> I'm trying to come up with ways to bash him, and it's hard. It's hard to even come up with ways to bash him from a from a. From, I mean, you could say, oh well, he, you could you could come up with things that don't have to do with his role in the industry, which I don't think is fair. I mean, I can't talk about his. Well, he's a womanizer. I mean, I'm not saying he is, but if you, even if you said that, it doesn't. It, it, I'm I'm just making a point that those those things don't apply to what we're talking about right now. So that doesn't even. You can say, "Oh, Dave Plumbo is a dickhead to his family members or something." Well, okay, it doesn't. Whether or not that's true, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about his 
his effect on bodybuilding and his effect on bodybuilding media is pretty much um it's it's very very um elite and i mean who has done more for bodybuilding media than dave palumbo exactly he's he's the pioneer uh, joe Weider of... has you know joe Weider, joe Weider has uh, i would say um i would say you know i was trying to parlay this into another topic that's where i kind of I kind of stuttered there, but I, I can't really do that right now. We don't really have enough time to go into the next topic that we talked about. And I was going to talk about Dan Solomon and Bob Ciccarillo and, and Pro Bodybuilding Weekly, which I guess you could say those guys. It's hard to say that. I mean, we're on the radio right now, right? We're on a podcast, so it's kind of hard to say that that Dan and Bob didn't have a bigger effect than Dave just because, I mean, I don't know. Pro Bodybuilding Weekly had a colossal effect. And, uh, Listening to an old Pro Bodybuilding Weekly the other day, a very old one, I mean, 05, I think it was, that's, um, that kind of sparked my idea for the next topic that I don't think we'll get into. We'll probably get into it next week. But yeah, I think Dave, um, going back to your point, I think Dave is, uh, you can say what you will about him, but I think, you know, I think he is a, a whether it's, whether his morals are, or just whether you like him, whether this, that, and the other thing. I think he's uh, he he's he's had a colossal effect uh, in a good way on bodybuilding media, whether you like it or not. Yeah, I mean he's he's been a pioneer for online bodybuilding media, and and I appreciate what he's doing, and and I like that what he's putting out is is different from what we've seen, you know, in in the '90s and 2000s. Uh, in terms of the content, I mean, I couldn't tell you. I mean, now that that I've been, you know, I, I guess you could call it bodybuilding um, for for ten plus years, it, it's come to the fact that I look at old bodybuilding magazines like Flex and MD, and I'm reading some of these programs that are in these magazines, and I'm like, these programs are terrible. Like, I don't know why anybody would follow any of the advice that. You know, some of these bodybuilders are giving people unless you're, you know, using steroids or you're using some type of um, anabolic. It, it, I was just like, this, this is stupid. And I look back on it and I laugh. And Dave is is completely uh, getting away from anything like that and just bringing you the content that's relevant to the sport, uh, doing interviews that no one has ever done in, in print media, digging into topics that people haven't gotten into in print media. And I like the, you know, the off the cuff type of programming that he does where, you know, him and Romano go back and forth and, you know, they talk about different topics and, and they just, they can bitch about it. They can argue about it. They can disagree about it. Uh, but regardless, like they're putting out content that, you know, entertains people. It's not you're reading the exact same workouts or the exact same type of content. You know, what type of protein source is good for you? What's the best way to work your biceps? How do you get six-pack abs? Like, none of that is on RX, and I respect that. You know, and, and he's doing things that nobody has, has done. And, uh, you know, I think it's great. I think it's great for the sport. I think it's great for the fans. I think it's great for the bodybuilders. It's, it's getting them extra exposure. Um, I just like everything about it. Yeah, I agree with you. I I, uh, I can't disagree with that. But uh, the topic that I was going to parlay into was the the, the uh, I guess uh, we won't get into it today, but we will get into it, and we probably will disagree. Sometimes you and I disagree, and then 
we don't really understand why we're disagreeing until we get into the discussion and then we actually agree because we're just saying it in a different way. And I, that might happen, but maybe not. But we, we were, we're going to talk about it later in a later show, maybe even two shows from now, because next show, we kind of want to do a year in review show. Um, the year in review show will probably get us into discussions that will fill an entire hour and we won't be able to get into this topic, but this topic is basically, and it's going to sound generic, but it's, it's really not the way we're going to discuss it, but the, the uh, social specifically, not the internet, not, uh, digital, not, you know, not computers becoming the norm, but social media specifically and how it's affected not only the bodybuilding popularity and, and bodybuilding media, how social media specifically has, uh, has affected it. Because I personally feel that, uh, I think hands down that without question, the greatest time in bodybuilding media was the time, the, the very short time frame between bodybuilding media starting to become digital and, and, uh, the time that social media really took off. However many years, I mean, that was, that's probably only between 2006 and 2000, maybe 11. When, when, when do you think social media really took off? When, when people, when we got to the point where probably 2000, maybe earlier than that, you know, yeah, I think, I think earlier than that. I mean, you gotta so, figure we have, you know, weird things like MySpace and and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, but it like wasn't. Yeah, 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 but, but it wasn't at the level that yeah, it's that, at today. Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. MySpace was there was never any, there was never any effect. In other words, MySpace never had any effect on bodybuilding media or bodybuilding popularity. I don't think that. that I, no. I mean, I'm talking about so probably maybe maybe 2010. I mean, I'm trying to think about when, like, first of all. In 2010, there was no Instagram. There was none of that. There was only Facebook. And I think in 2010, Facebook may have still been only a university thing, only a college thing. Maybe not, uh, but it, it, it doesn't really matter. I'm just talking about the time that the, – the short time frame where bodybuilding media was able to use the internet, but there was no real social media yet. I think that was the greatest time in bodybuilding in bodybuilding media we had athlete interviews we had training videos we had all we had everything we have now pretty much but it was just different because there was no social media yet and um you are you are on the side of the fence that thinks bodybuilding media has increased or has has enhanced um social media i should say you think social media has enhanced uh, bodybuilding, bodybuilding media, bodybuilding popularity, and so on and so forth. Where I think, <clears throat> I think in some weird way, social media is destroying bodybuilding media and destroying bodybuilding's popularity. Um, and I think it's specific to bodybuilding for for certain reasons. But uh, we'll get into that next show. We don't really have time to dwell into that. Obviously, this show, um, it's a whole other show on its own. Uh, of course, we do want to give a uh, give a, a review of the year. Hopefully, we can make ours a little bit different than anyone else who's done it. I mean, the only people I've seen who've done it is RX. I don't. I mean, I uh, admittedly don't really. There's not really anyone else to follow. There's us, RX. Um, 
who else is there? I mean, that's, that's really it. Um, there's a, I mean, MD is not really, I mean, what does MD do? They don't, they, they post articles that were in magazines. I mean, you're not going to trick me. I, I, I've been reading MD since 07, you know, and I've probably read ever. I probably read every single MD cover to cover from 07 to 2012. So they post you know articles who's on scene. You know, who's coming on the scene who, who's starting to impress me finally. And, and that's generation iron. They're bringing some good content for for bodybuilding and uh, you know stuff that's informative, you know stuff on contests, stuff on bodybuilders, you know specifically competitors. Um, I think they're doing a lot of good stuff, but I don't think they came out with a uh, a year in review. At least I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Um, I personally haven't seen that from uh, a Generation Iron yet. Uh, I don't know that I've seen anything from them. That I would uh, want to watch the entire video, <laughs> but uh, I think they have potential there. But I just can't listen to that guy, that Vlad guy. No, nah, he's he's to... boring as hell. But he I he mean, just did a production. It's he's like, boring he's, and he's not he's a good interviewer Mecca. either. I think it's called season two. I never saw season one, so I don't even know what the hell they're talking about. Um, but it's called something like East Coast Mecca, uh, and I just saw an episode and it was pretty entertaining. It was with. Uh, Guy Cisternino and uh, Ruli Winkler, and it kind of followed them around, and and you know they were joking back and forth, and it had Guy talking to Charles Glass, and then talking to Aceto, and and going back and forth. That was actually pretty entertaining. It was kind of like the old school, um, you know, Ronnie Coleman and Jay Cutler DVDs, where it just kind of followed them around. You saw what they ate, you saw what how they trained, you saw them on the phone, like. That's the type of stuff that that I enjoy, and and when we talk about the social media aspect, you know, I'll touch on that a little bit. How I used to enjoy those videos, and I think social media is more along the lines of of what those videos portrayed. Um, but we can we can debate about that in two weeks. Definitely. Um, yeah. All right. That's that's pretty much the end of the show. We have. Uh... I don't really know. This new recording system doesn't really tell me how long we've been recording, but I can tell generally it's been about an hour, maybe maybe more. I don't really know. You think but, it's right uh, around an hour? Perfect. Obviously, uh, check out IronMagLabs.com. They are the supporter of this show. You can use coupon code Jeff15 for 15% off at checkout. That's G E O F F one five. Put it right in that coupon. I think it's coupon code. A little coupon code line there. Uh, when you're checking out, same story with IronMagResearch.com, another big supporter of the show. And uh, same coupon code applies there at IronMagResearch. Uh, IronMagazine.com, that's where um, Matt and I have all our articles. And uh, that's where this show goes up, along with International Iron. Uh, I, I touched on the last rep with Bob Chick and David Bay. That also goes up at Iron Magazine. Uh, because Iron Mag, while it's an MD show, Iron Mag is uh, the uh, title sponsor of um, The Last Rep. And uh, like I said, that's a pretty good show that they have going over there. Uh, I wish it was a little more frequent. It's kind of, I mean, they'll do, I feel like they'll do two shows in a week, then they won't do a show for two months. And it's kind of sporadic, but uh, I can't really talk. Cause internet, while this show is very consistent, International Iron is very inconsistent, but I mean, come on, we're, we're recording with free 
with a free uh, software, and he's in Australia, so uh, Africa is between us. So uh, simmer down, as uh, Greg Valentino would say. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, tune in next week. We're probably gonna do a a year review the week after. We're gonna discuss some social media and uh, maybe disagree a little bit. And uh, I don't know. That's all I got. Uh, what do you have, Matt? Nothing. Just tons of content branching out into different uh, topics and categories and industries. And I got some business stuff going on that I'm sharing with people on on my blog and stuff. So I mean, obviously, all of my content is is up on uh, IronMagazine.com. But if anybody wants to see anything different, uh, I, there's usually a blog post up five to seven days a week over at my website. Uh, wikefitness.com w-e-i-k fitness.com just a whole bunch of different stuff over there um, obviously all the stuff that uh, is from Iron Magazine just redirects you back to Iron Magazine but if you're interested in, in business you own a business you want some some different topics or ideas or, or how to be creative or things that you can do to help your business scale and grow you know check it out I'm I, just branching out I enjoy writing I love uh, educating people and, and doing what I can so Feel free to stop by and, and see what's going on. Absolutely. And uh, don't forget to check out uh, Bodybuilding Nerds Radio over at bodybuildingnerdsradio.com. That's another good show. I mean, earlier I said, who else is there but us? There is Bodybuilding Nerds. Those guys are good over there. VJ and Scott, um, good show. Uh, a little bit different than what we do, obviously. They're more – it's just different. It's, they're They're – They've found a very specific niche for themselves, which is very cool. Uh, a little bit different. I guess we're a little more conventional media, and they have a... I don't even know what you would call it, but it's different. It's very cool. Check those guys out. Um, that's all I got. Episode... What episode is it? 73? 73, I believe. Episode 73 of Central Bodybuilding, brought to you by IronMagLabs.com. I am Jeff Roberts here for Matt White, and we will see you all in one week. You're out.